Hey, it's Mike Grimm, host of the Go Gopher podcast, inviting you to join me for a live on-site episode on Thursday, October 5th at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. We'll be previewing the Minnesota-Michigan game, which is that week, the battle for the Little Brown Jug. We'll give away a pair of tickets to that game, have a couple of Gopher players on hand, and get everyone in the mood for Golden Gopher football. Head Flyer Brewing will have discounts, including great deals on buying Little Brown Jugs of craft beer and the little brown jugs are not that little. Thursday, October 5th, Head Flyer Brewing. Happy hour starts at 6, the show goes at 7, the Go Gopher podcast. Can't wait to see you at Head Flyer Brewing. It's the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 89. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We have a special guest with us this week as the newest member of the Gopher Radio Network broadcast team. Former Golden Gopher point guard Al Nolan was introduced this week as the new radio color commentator for men's basketball broadcast. Al played for Tubby Smith and the Gophers from 2008 through 2011 and is now helping in the community with the Al Nolan Foundation. He's been a previous guest on this podcast, and we're thrilled to welcome him back to talk about his new role with Gopher Radio. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is also a big sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. Life math is complicated, and Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union makes it easier with a local financial expert available to help in person or virtually. Learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They sponsor our player profile each week as well, supporting Gopher student-athletes. Again, to learn more, go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. We're also sponsored by Cub. September is running out, so don't waste time. Please, this week, join Cub, the University of Minnesota, and M Health Fairview Masonic Children's Hospital. Donate to Cub Kindness and give kids a chance at a full life. Cub Cares. The Go Gopher podcast is also sponsored by Head Flyer Brewing, located in northeast Minneapolis, right next door to campus, with a great vibe, great craft beer, and much more. Head Flyer Brewing will be hosting a live version of the Go Gopher podcast next week. Mark your calendars Thursday, October 5th, happy hour at 6, the live podcast at 7. There'll be beer specials. We'll give away a pair of tickets to the Minnesota-Michigan game. We'll have a couple of players stopping by to hang out for the podcast. If you haven't been to Head Flyer Brewing, please make a point to do so either next Thursday for the podcast or at any point. It's a great spot to stop. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland and ChamplinInsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 89 from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. In fact, you can go back and listen to past Go Gopher podcast as well. Last week, for example, we had a great episode with Gopher football safety Tyler Newman one of our favorites. And a little while back, we had Spencer Tollickson on as a guest. You can go back and listen to episode 81 as he talks about stepping away from his gopher radio role. And you can bookend that with today's episode, bringing it full circle with Al Nolan, Spencer's replacement. Go back and listen. This episode, we're talking with Al Nolan next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. When we say that Cub Milk is the freshest in town, we mean it. Less than 48 hours from farm to store fresh. We guarantee seven days or more of freshness. It all starts with local dairy farmers who take great care in making sure all the cows are happy and healthy. We support local farm families 365 days a year. And that makes our milk even more delicious. So you always get the freshest milk and the biggest smiles. 
It's episode number 89 of the Go Gopher podcast. Mike Grimm with you, and it's my pleasure to welcome to our podcast a return trip, Al Nolan. He's been on this podcast before. I guess it was probably a year, year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah, about a year and a half. I think it was early 2022, probably, when we had you on talking about the Al Nolan Foundation. And Absolutely. Good to see you again. Great to see you as well. I love it. I'm, I'm excited. Here we are. And uh, some new circumstances since the last time we talked on the podcast. We have talked, of course, in between there. We've had you on on halftime of our of our uh, basketball broadcast and, and different things over the years. But uh, you and I are going to be spending a lot of time here this winter as you are our new Gopher Radio analyst for our men's basketball broadcast. And welcome aboard, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited um, to be working alongside of you, you know, to learn from you, uh, such an on-air talent like yourself. Um, you know, while I was a player, you were very involved with the team. So we had a great relationship then. And I just want to continue to build off that and looking forward to the good season. Yeah, we had. Uh, so I had uh, Kevin Lynch for two years, my first two years here. The great Kevin Lynch was my partner. Then he moved on to uh, NBA duties with the Wolves, which he's right. still doing some of that. And then uh, Don Zierden, who uh, was awesome for one year. He was at the time the coach of the Lynx. And um, and it worked because the Lynx played in the summer. And then okay. Flip got the Washington job and said he wanted Don to be his assistant against it. He was with him with the Wolves and right. with the Pistons yep. and all yep. that. I remember So that. that's when Spencer came on board. And time flies. That was already 14 years ago. Spencer spent 14 years uh, with us here on the network. And then, you know, some of his real-life work duties and family right. uh, situation in the sense that his kids are now getting uh, old enough. Uh, he's like, he, he was going to step away and spend more time with family and uh, commit to uh, a little more time to, to his real work, which wasn't an option. They're like, you need to do this. And travel mm-hmm. some more and do this. And uh, so that freed up a spot. And uh, the irony is, of course, you and Spencer were teammates for a couple of years, yeah, right? Yes. Spencer was my senior, man. Spencer taught me the ropes, man, coming in, um, you know, coming in with, during the Tubby Smith era, the transition, and everybody was pretty fresh because I know Spencer, you know, played for months and I was recruited by Munson as well. But um, Spencer, Dan Coleman, and Lawrence McKenzie, those were my seniors coming in, man. And uh, so I love Spence. Spence, big spice, you know, that's yeah, my man. He is 50, as uh, some, some of you guys, uh, I think, still call him over the years. Um, and uh, have you had a chance to chat with Spence at all since uh, this has all uh, gone down? Yeah, he reached out to me. Um, he congratulated me. Um, he was like, hey, congratulations, man. It's going to be, you know, great job. You're going to do do really well. Um, and then he, you know, offered to, you know, take me out to breakfast or lunch so we could catch up. And he kind of show me the ropes and kind of give me the ins and outs. So yeah. um, so I was very, very appreciative of that. And, and I'm still going to hold Spencer to that breakfast or lunch. Yeah, for sure. Make sure he pays, too. <laughs> you can get that out of him. I could never get a, a free me no that's not true he bought a few times so that was good um and and obviously everyone has their own style our broadcast will likely sound different than a grim nolan broadcast is going to sound a different than grim and tollicks and and that's fine that's good we'll have our own uh, unique personality as we uh, move forward that said um you know, Spence was good at it. So mm-hmm. uh, take him up on that breakfast and and find out well, what things work for him and see if they work for you. And not everything he did is going to work for you. Oh, and not yeah. everything you will do would have been good for him. And yeah. you'll find your voice and you'll find your identity. Absolutely. I, I definitely plan to. I was really excited that um, he let me know. I was I was sad to see him go, though, because he's been such a staple for Gopher basketball for so long. Um, you know, he was he was a color analyst when I was playing. So right, right as soon as he was done, you know, my freshman year, he, you know, he took, a, took it upon himself to become the analyst. And, you know, he was great and so he's really going to be missed but I really appreciate him and, and I really look forward to getting with him and chatting so yeah and he'll be around I know he's excited because now he'll be able to bring his I know his son is a big basketball fan his daughter as well and his wife and they'll be able to come and just sit back and eat popcorn they don't right. have to worry about putting right. in any right. work now right it'll be a little different now he'll be able to <laughs> relax and watch the game I'm sure he'll have some flashbacks yeah. while he's sitting down yeah we might call him in for a halftime interview and get his thoughts too um Take us through what you have been up to now in terms of, I want to get to the foundation at some point here Mm -hmm. in the podcast, so let's put that on the back burner for a moment, but in terms of you uh, and the game of basketball and staying in it, and now you're in a situation where you can impart, uh, you know, all this knowledge as a a player and as an administrator and all of this, uh, take us through your basketball. Um, Obviously, we know about your playing days, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into some of those memories too, but uh, your your basketball, since your graduation uh, here, I know you had some professional experience and yep. some uh, some coaching experience. Yep. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, I, I played, I ended up playing overseas, um, Germany, Czech Republic, played in the NBA G League for a little bit, uh, but kind of decided to retire a little early, was, was dealing with some nagging injuries. 
Uh, upon coming back, I started working in the school system and then, you know, I still wanted to get my fix in basketball. So I started my own training program. And so um, I was working with kids in various communities, Stillwater, Chanhas and Matamida, uh, just working on the basic basic basketball skills and and trying to, um, you know, pass along my knowledge um, of everything I knew. Uh, so it was very rewarding and gratifying to um, be able to pour into those young people. Uh, and so I've been doing that for about a decade, um, just going to various communities, doing different work, um, speaking to kids. Uh, and then um, also coaching. So I did a little bit of coaching. I started in middle school at Anthony Middle School where I worked at uh, with seventh, eighth grade because I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to make that true commitment. Yeah. So uh, middle school, you know, maybe eight games in the season. So it was, it was a nice little fix to see kind of how I felt about it. Um, then a couple of years later, um, one of my former coaches, you know, called me up like, hey, man, I, you know, I got to open assistant coaching job. I, I, I would love to have you aboard. Um, you know, I was kind of like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I'm busy. I'm doing my training. I, I don't really want to commit to being a coach right now. I'm not ready. Uh, and so we we sat down and, and, and some doing some convincing, you know, he, he was able to get me aboard. And so I was a assistant basketball coach at Brooklyn Center High School for a year. And um, that was very rewarding. I loved it. And, and I told myself eventually, once I get a little older, I'll settle back down and, and get back into the game. But but for now, I just continue to run camps and clinics and, um, you know, work with kids when they reach out for individual training. Yeah. And this is a chance when you're on the radio to get back into a, a routine with a team. Now, and, and you know, I mean, obviously, I'm not part of the, the playing part of it, but that that I that I that's what keeps drawing me to keep doing this, too, is I, I one, I like to watch young guys come in as freshmen, as you did, watch them develop, watch them learn, watch them grow, watch watch them make mistakes, watch them get better, and then watch them excel. Exactly. And then do what you're doing in the community after the playing days. So um, I got to believe you're probably eager to, to get back in. Okay, yeah, road trip. Let's go to Purdue. I'm going to hang out with these guys. I'm going to comment on them. If I can help them, we will. And just being around the vibe of, of uh, young people. Absolutely. You know, I love what Coach Johnson is doing here. And, um, you know, I've been following some of the players when they committed in high school. So I've been keeping up with, you know, Braden Carrington, Ola Joseph, and Pharrell Payne and those guys. And so to see them transition from high school uh, and become gophers and now going into their sophomore year, a, core, a good core group of guys, um, I'm just really excited to be around, man, and, and, and toss some nuggets whenever, you know, it's needed or, or asked of me. Uh, but really, I'm just I'm just looking forward to enjoying the journey and being back in, in Gopher Nation. Yeah, being around and then imparting your knowledge on our listening audience over Absolutely. the course of a game and, and letting them know why this might have happened or right. what you're seeing here. And sometimes it won't always be rosy. Sometimes it'll be, well, that, that, that was a mistake and they'll have to learn from it sometimes it'll be man that's why that kid's going to be all big 10 right absolutely yeah absolutely um who are some inf influences for you uh maybe all the way back to youth basketball that have kind of helped blaze the trail and help you get to where you are yeah I, you know what a lot of people don't know this i had a coach by the name of vernon simmons um he was a uh, st paul johnson head head coach uh for extremely long time um so part of my time living in st paul i played for jimmy lee and so um he was huge on on getting me involved in basketball i initially started uh, my love for the, for football and so then my mother was like hey I want you to get out the house and be more active and get in some activities and so she forced me to play basketball and I ended up loving it and so um, he was very integral of coming to pick me up uh, dropping me off um, you know making sure I was fed uh, you know she's so just a great guy overall and really got me started and then I, I moved on into kind of excelling and, and, and branching out uh, where I started playing for Minnesota Magic Elite back in the day. And, um, you know, my t I had teammates such as Blake Hoffer who was one of my teammates, Cole Aldridge, John Luer. Um, so we were really, you know, running the town, the show of the town. And, um, you know, so my experience was really great. I was able to connect with a lot of different athletes and um, various communities of people that I still have strong ties and relationships to this day with. And then coaches. How about like uh, high school coaches and uh, obviously Tony yeah, Smith here. Absolutely. Larry McKenzie. Yeah. Larry McKenzie. The legend, Co right? Coach McKenzie, a legend, a legend in the Minnesota basketball scene. Um, he just recently retired from Minneapolis North High School. He won a couple titles there, won multiple titles at Henry High School. Um, he was definitely very influential uh, growing up and, and seeing the success he had. And then also how he allowed his players to play the game that, you know, they wanted to play and the style they wanted to play um, really drew me drew me to him. And so um, I attended Henry High School because of him. And so he was very intricate in, in just making sure, you know, we were disciplined. We would wake up and do, you know, 6 a.m. runs in the morning. We would have two-a-day practices in high school. Uh, he was he was really a stickler about, you know, your grades and, you know, doing well in class. And he was really on top of all of that. And I know um, if I didn't have a coach like him who also cared about the school aspect and, and teaching you how to be a student and an upstanding young man in the community, I, I don't know if I would have made it. 
you know, so I'm very appreciative of him. He he's definitely been an integral, played an integral role in my success and, and a lot of other young men's success in the community. And then how about Coach Smith? Oh man, Coach Smith. You know, Coach Smith, man, I, I was so excited, you know, when, when Coach Smith came. I originally was was recruited by uh Dan Munson. And so that summer or kind of, yeah, kind of the summer, uh, I got a text message while I was in class saying like, hey man, you know, Tubby Smith's your new coach. And and I, was, I can remember like this day, I was in science class and I was like, what? Like the legend <laughs> Tubby Smith from University of Kentucky, national champion? Um, and so so to get here and, and to be able to play for for such a legend and, um, you know, learn from him. And I know the guys these days wouldn't understand, we used to have practice every day at 7.30 in the morning. Yeah. And that was unheard of. And looking back on, it, I love it though because it, it helped me to, you know, really transition into the career field where it's like, hey man, you got to get up early, you got to be ready to go, um, knock out everything you need to do, you know, at the very beginning of your day. And uh, he was very hard nosed, very old school. And um, at the time, it was a little difficult to understand because you wanted to have a little more leeway. I know when we played, we would have kind of the hockey substitutions, five yeah. in, five out. You know, it's like, Coach, let us get a little warmed up. <laughs> um, but he brought a, a great spotlight to the University of Minnesota program and uh, to all the players. We got a lot more exposure due to our coach, you know, being Tubby mm-hmm. Smith. Um, so it was a great experience, man. I wouldn't trade it in for the world. And um, I still talk to him to this day. I, I think I spoke to him not too long ago, just explaining to him about my foundation and, you know, just letting him know that I really appreciate him. You know, even though we, we butted heads, you know, point guard, head coach that's yeah. you know you're he the, was hard on point guards he was hard on yeah. us he was hard on us and I believe every coach is that way you know you're because you're an extension of them on the floor um and so I know coach Johnson is going to be the same way with you know with his players so um you know I, I love coach and uh it was a great experience you know I wouldn't trade it for the world yeah I I, I you made a point there that uh, people forget about because of maybe how it ended and some people will I mean that still can be debated as to whether there should have been a change there or not because he had just won a NCAA tournament game right um but the the, what, what his hiring did was kind of reestablish the Gophers, um, legitimized him, I guess, because Absolutely. it had just, you know, it had just uh, had waned enough that the, the at that point clearly there was a change needed, and all of a sudden you're bringing in a Hall of Fame coach, and so you're right. The journey, remember that was the, the journey. first year. I did. Yes. Bill uh, Friedman just texted yesterday. He's uh, remember Bill. He was the producer. He still I works do. for BTN, but he was the producer of that first journey. The journey now does all kinds of different stories. Right. The first journey. Was was basically a Netflix series before Netflix did it. Exactly on you guys. It uh, was on Tubby's first year, and it was um, so he texted yesterday, and because he was he always would take credit for Spencer being yeah. in the media because Spencer was kind of one of the figures of that Absolutely. team. And he texted yesterday. I hadn't heard from Bill in a while. He texted and said, "I got you another one, didn't I?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's taking credit for you hey. uh, being in the media from that journey experience. I'm okay with it. And yeah, yeah. we so we had that was the our inaugural season. And uh, one of the things that didn't make the journey, um, and a lot of people don't know, was that, you know, coach was on us about being kind of like soft. He's like, you guys are soft. You know, you're getting pushed around by Michigan State. They were like probably top five in the country. And I remember that was kind of a wake up call for us. Like, okay, this is serious Big Ten basketball. And um, so one day we came out into the pavilion and, you know, there were helmets and shoulder pads. And so he told the Big Ten cameras, like, we're not going to we're not going to film this. (laughs) This won't be on the journey. This won't be on the journey, guys. (laughs) And so then um, we proceeded to play basketball with helmets and pads and just running into each other. So it was uh, great memories. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. Yeah. Tubby, uh, as we mentioned, was pretty demanding. You look back, it sounds like, though, on it. And Mm -hmm. again, at at times, I'm sure it's no different than a father son relationship, a brother brother, you know, whatever mother or son. There are times where that's going to butt heads. But then uh, given a distance of time between some of those head buddings, you're you it sounds like are like man that was it was good for me it yeah. I, I grew from that absolutely because you you understand in hindsight now everything he was saying you know when he would tell us nothing good has happened after midnight son that's why we have you guys practicing at 7 a.m. in the morning so you're tired at you know yeah. tired and want to go to sleep at night um and so so just everything he was teaching you uh, as you continue to move forward in life you start to understand all the little nuggets and gems like you know what coach told me this was going to happen coach told us about this but at the time you know being a college student kind of area you're like yeah yeah, whatever, man. I, I'm just I'm going to the NBA. You know, yeah. I'm here to play basketball, and um. So yeah, he was he was like that 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 milita- military grandfather. Yeah. You know, that was just no nonsense. Um, just just it wasn't wasn't for any of the games, but it was it was great for us. It really was, and um, he did bring a national spotlight to the University of Minnesota and, and put the Gophers back on the map. You went through two second semesters that were challenging. One through academic issues, and then the other through an injury. What'd you learn from those things, and how does it uh, still 
maybe impact how you uh, go about your business, especially when you, now you talk to, to young kids as right. well? Yeah, I just teach them, you know, especially with the, uh, the academic um, being ineligible, uh, just, just about, you know, learning proper study skills and also being focused and being disciplined and then utilizing the tools around you. You know, sometimes I was afraid to ask for help or sometimes I was afraid to be like, hey, I, you know, I really don't know how to do that. I'm really not great at that. Um, you know, in high school, I wasn't, you know, particularly a, a amazing student. However, I always wanted to play basketball and, you know, there's a GPA requirement, which was great because it, it held me to to a standard, you know, some type of standard. And, you know, so just learning from that experience of, of just the study skills, being disciplined, you know, using you utilizing the tools around you and asking for help um, was very, very eye opening. And, you know, a lot of our, our academic counselors were able to, to get me back on track. And, and I spent a lot of days sitting right across from like we are now studying, writing papers. Um, Probably in this almost area where we're exactly recording, Exactly, in right? this area. And so uh, <laughs> so it was very challenging. But, you know, once I was able to get through it, it was like, man, it was a it was a, a great learning experience for me to move forward and then pass on the lessons that I've learned to uh, the young people I've worked with in the school systems. Um, and then moving on to my senior year where I broke my foot, man, that was heartbreaking. Uh, you know, I, that, that was even more heartbreaking for me than, than being academic eligible because I, I knew I had one more year. And that team was special. That team was special. We uh, we went to Puerto Rico, beat North Carolina. They were number eight in the country, beat West Virginia, Western Kentucky, all three tournament teams at the time, came back home, were ranked 13th in the country. Um, and I know I had, uh, what was it, a, um, a stress fracture. And, and it was at Michigan, right? Yes. So I had a stress fracture. They had told me to sit out for a little bit. And then I came back and uh, the doctor told me, he said, man, either you can get surgery right now or we can, you know, you know, make you a customized shoe or these different type of things because you have the possibility of this breaking. And so in my mind, it's like, hey, we're rolling right now, though. We're, we, we just beat Purdue. Uh, they were number eight in the country. Like, we're getting back on on I was like hey I'll just do the treatment I'll wear the boot out um and whatnot but I want to keep playing I don't I don't want to leave my teammates hanging at this this pivotal moment and so um like you said at Michigan rolled my foot end up breaking it uh I, I knew something serious had happened normally I'd be able to gut it out and continue playing and then uh Raj told me he's like hey man he fell on my foot after the game he's like yeah you you broke it. Oh, your heart sank then. It, it sank because I, I knew then it was like, man, it, it's over for me, you know, at this point and, and two years back to back where my seasons have been cut short. And like you said, we had some special teams ranked top 25, top 20. Yeah. So um, very heartbreaking. Yeah. See, you missed the senior point guard and that team then kind of spiraled a little bit. I think Blake was trying to play point guard. Yes. We, I mean, as talented as he is, he's not a point guard. I mm-hmm. think was Maverick on that? Was Maverick, Maverick also was trying team, to, he freshman. was a freshman trying to learn the rope. So it changes when your senior point guard isn't there and it's just dumb luck, yeah. you know, that, that kind of short circuits the season. So those are lessons in life, though. Absolutely, they are. And and that's just one of, of you know, pushing through adversity and, and developing character. And so it's, it's helped me with various challenges in my life that I've run into where it's like, hey, I was able to overcome being academic ineligible at the U. I was able to overcome breaking my foot my senior year. So, you know, some of the things I've run into in life, it, it has prepared me to, you know, have some tough skin and, and be able to navigate the adversity. You know, and now I think uh, the thing has progressed to the point where resources and the Big Ten's done this, the University of Minnesota's done this. There's more, even from when you were here, there's more money coming in from TV, so more resources. I don't know. I don't know all the details of, mm-hmm. of the academic side of it, but I'm not sure that now now with all the help, all the different things. And, and I will say this. The other thing is you mentioned, you know, you weren't sure to ask for help and different right. things. That has become much more accepted now. Remember, right. even like 10, 12 years ago, 20 years ago for sure. And then when I was young, 30 years ago, like if you were if you if you thought you had to ask somebody for help, that was a sign of weakness. Yes. And now I think we've flipped, flipped that as a society into the sign of strength. Like it's strong to say man, I need some help here. And Mm -hmm. so I think given in today's situation, it might not even happen, right? Yeah. Because you would be less... Last, I don't, afraid's not the right word, but that th- there was this stigma of, well, don't ask for help. Uh, that means you're weak. And I think it's still there some, but I think we've hopefully punched the ceiling out on that thing that if, if a kid is struggling academically or emotionally or uh, mental health-wise, right. that it's now okay. Like, hey, get some help. Ask for some help. And get back on track much quicker. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't understand um, there's a lot of pressure on college players, you right. know, and and during my time, you know, you were still considered an amateur athlete, and so it was a lot different where people had these expectations of us to carry ourselves as pros and then still also attend class and, you know, fly out to Illinois and go to Northwestern and then come back and try to catch up on whatever notes you miss in the lecture, um, and then also dealing with all the social aspects, and, and it's definitely heightened now with social media for these guys. I, I would have never wanted to play in this area. 
scary oh, with the man. social media. And, um, and, and like you said, you know, I, I dealt with some depression, you know, I dealt with some depression in the ebbs and flows of the basketball season. Uh, but, but there was nobody here, like you said, to, to go to and say, Hey, you know, I'm really depressed. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, coach me is on my tail. I'm struggling in class. The fans are on me about turning the ball over, uh, just all kinds of different right. elements that can uh, compile on you at one time. And, and a lot of people may not know because they're like, well, you're an athlete, just, just work, you know, get through it. Right. And so now, like you said, there's more resources where, um, these student athletes, which are, which is great, can reach out to, you know, mental health services or, or various people when they need that support. And, and it's awesome to see how, you know, the Big Ten has grown um, in this short span of time with everything. And I think it's amazing. Let me real quickly get a sponsor mention in for our Go Gopher podcast. Al Nolan is our guest here. We want to talk about Affinity Plus at your local credit union, proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you are eligible to join a financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches state wide. There's one, in fact, right here near campus on University. To learn more or find other ways to connect, here's the webpage affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. We thank them for their support of Gopher Athletics and their support here of the Go Gopher podcast. Al Nolan with us here, the new basketball analyst for our radio broadcast. You mentioned something way back. I had to follow up now with you on, you said, football Football was your first love, and then your mom got you into basketball to keep you busy. So take me all the way back. How good of a football player were you? I was a really good football player. You know, I was um, so about yeah third grade. I was faster than all the kids, so that's what made me really good. So you get the ball and run away. Exactly, <laughs> and um and so you know footballs you know fall kind of fallish, and so when summertime or spring would come around, my mom's like, man, you need to get out the house, and so I'm like. No, I, I, you know, I want to sit in the house, you know, WWE was on back at really big back in the time. I was really into wrestling and jumping around. And so, you know, she really forced me and I was really upset with her at the time. She's like, no, you got to go to practice. You need to go to tryouts. Uh, and then, like I said, it really just grew from there. And then like, I had some great coaches around me um, because I come from humble beginnings. And so, you know, my, my parents or my mother in particular, I was living with her at the time as they were divorced, wasn't going to be able to, you know, take me to practice to and from practice every day. We didn't have a car. Um, she wasn't going to be able to get me to the game. Uh, all the time, um, you know, struggle to kind of try to raise money to pay team fees and whatnot. And so coaches are really good about, you know, figuring out how to get me scholarships. Uh, so, you know, I really, it was really um, a great experience. And so being around um, a group of great male mentors was was instrumental to my success and, and really drew me into the game. And then also having the teammates and creating that camaraderie, uh, which was really important and feeling like, hey, I got a family and we're all going towards one mission and same goal. And, you know, we're all going through the struggles of practice and um, two a days or tournaments and, you know, at 830 in the morning, all these different things. So it was really great for me as a young person. And that's why I would say, you know, for all the young people to get in some type of curricular activity, especially if it's a team sport, because because you're able to learn a lot of life lessons through that. I should know this and maybe I did at one point. Did you play? How long did you play football then? So I played up until about sixth grade because that's when they start hitting really hard. You said and that so, was enough. <laughs> and so I, I was like, I'm good. Uh, I remember playing where they brought up a league here. I can't exactly remember the league, but we were able to play Champlain Park. Yeah. And so we played Champlain Park in... Um, the championship in the Metrodome, and we end up losing. Uh, and I was and playing. You're like in sixth grade. Sixth grade yeah. quarterback. They switched me from running back to quarterback now, uh, and it was heartbreaking. And so then the next year, I was kind of like, you know what? I really want to put all my ducks into basketball at this point. Um, and I sat down. And I had a conversation with my mom. She was like, "That's fine as long as you're really serious about this and really putting the work in." And so um, I actually had a couple football coaches because I lived directly down the block from Jimmy Lee, and so I had a couple stop by my house like, "Man, you, you didn't show up to practice." And then they end up they end up being able to get me there, but I was like, I don't want to play quarterback. I want to play like wide receiver or yeah. something. And um, I had played it so well the the previous year that coach was like, No, we want you at quarterback. So I kind of was like, uh, I don't want to play anymore. Then, <laughs> um, and so that was kind of that for me. But like I said, they it got to the point where guys start really hitting. You know, it's not like third grade, fourth grade anymore. A little Nixon, not flag football. It's not flag. It's like you know what. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to the, the finesse basketball yeah, style. Yeah. I, I will leave this to the other guys. <laughs> Do you, are you, I mean, obviously it turned out great. You end up being, you know, a scholarship basketball player playing in the Big Ten. Do you ever think back, like, what if I'd have stuck it out? Oh, yeah. I, I could have I started the defensive back here at the University of Minnesota and, yeah. and been all Big Ten. I, I feel like I, my head and eye coordination and my footwork. Your uh, speed. My speed and particularly, you know, playing, guarding a guy 94 feet, uh, just putting on some pads. I was like, yo, I would have been a serious DB. I could come up and hit, you know, hit the tight 
tight end at the They at probably could have used you in 2009-10. Yeah, 11. yeah. I know we had uh, Brian Allen. He played, yeah, yeah, he you played know, two ways. Yeah. So I almost thought about telling him, like, hey, talk to coach and see if I can yeah. come out there and practice. So uh, <laughs> I, I definitely thought about that, though. Like, man, especially seeing Tyler Johnson. He was from my community in North Minneapolis. So I'm seeing him play. I'm like, you know what? I might have been able to be a, a Division One football player. Yeah. I think I, would, I had the intangibles to do You had so. the skill set, I think. Yeah, yeah. you're, what, 6'2"-ish? 6'1". Six, 6'1". One. Six, one. Six, one. That's Plenty high for a, for plenty tall for a defensive. Back. Yeah, six one one eighty five in college. So yeah. I was like, I could get no, that. Done. No, no question. And um, from that standpoint, um, I know Marcus uh, wrote. He called me yesterday and said, "Hey, can I get a few comments on Allen?" I'm like, "Absolutely." And I said, "I remember you as one of the better perimeter defenders that we've had here uh, defensively." And so those skills would have translated. Yeah, football, yeah, right? absolutely. And and I would have been excited to play. But then again, you know, I would have loved the September games. Yeah. But once it started to get cold yeah. in that stadium, I was like, you know what? This and then you get to hitting hard and you're frozen. I was like, no, I'm, I'm alright. I'll, I'll go back into the bar. And at some point, as a defensive back, you're going to have to make that business decision. Do I stick my <laughs> head on that guy's kneecap coming Absolutely. at me at 100 miles Absolutely. an hour? And so uh, basketball was probably the wise the wise choice, much less uh, concussion risk and those kind of things. Um, as you now look at uh, look back on your career, uh, what were some fond memories that you take from uh, your time here as a basketball player? You know, definitely... My freshman year, when Blake Hoffar hit that turnaround, one-handed shot floater uh, to beat Indiana in the Big Ten tournament, that was huge. Um, that was really a highlight. Uh, that was in Indianapolis. That was in Indianapolis, yeah. yes. Kelby's first year, yeah. Yep. Uh, then also, um, you know, my senior year, beating North Carolina, West Virginia, Western Kentucky, that was huge because nobody really expected us to. And my junior year, we were actually ranked 16th in the country and beat Butler. And they had went to the national championship and lost was to Duke. Was that in Anaheim? Uh, in Anaheim, yeah. Anaheim, yeah. And they had went to the national championship and lost to Duke. So coming into my senior year, you know, we were really underrated. It's like, hey, we're bringing everybody back. We're adding, adding Trevor McBockwe. Like, you know, we got Colton. We have Ralph. We got Blake. We're, you know, we got DeVoe. We have a star-studded group, and we weren't ranked. And I'm like, wow. And so I know I was, uh, you know, a little perturbed. Chip at the, on the shoulder. The chip on the shoulder. Big Ten media day. Nobody came to talk to me, Blake and I. And um, so my, my senior year was really huge because, like you said, it was it was really special. And we were, we were a top-notch team then. And so um, winning that Puerto Rico tournament. And then also uh, the Big Ten tournament, hitting that shot, and then being able to play in the NCAA tournament when we lost to Texas. It was just a great experience, yeah. but it was the one time I was able to enjoy that. Yeah, that was down in Greensboro, North Carolina. I remember that. Um, so my my favorite memory of you, and I think we've talked about this, is the game against uh, Rick Patino, whose assistant uh, was Richard Patino. Remember that? Down yes, at the football yes. field yes. at uh, or the Dome Stadium uh, at uh, in Phoenix. Right. And – as it turns out, that that year, Louisville ended up, I can't remember if they won it all, but they were the number one, one overall seed. Number one overall seed. In the tournament. Um, and then uh, you pretty well put that game on ice for the final 10 minutes. They kept, uh, Tubby just kept calling that, I don't know, one, that yep. one forward deal. Mm-hmm. And you, for, who was our guard that you held in check? Um, um, Edgar Sosa. Yeah. Edgar yeah, Sosa. Sosa. Right, he, was right. a, he was a top-notch point guard. You just, you just shut him down. You know, I, I tried. I, it was a team effort. You know, we, <laughs> we always had a great, great team defense. And um, so, yeah, it was very exciting. I forgot. How could I forget about that? That was one of the, the best moments ever um, yeah. to beat those guys because I felt like that was the the kind of – turning point or to let people know we were serious yeah, where coach 100%. Smith is playing his his old uh, mentor and um, you know I know he really wanted to win and then you got little Richard sitting on the yeah. sideline as I well interviewed him that. for the pregame show because they didn't you know I usually try to get the assist, or the uh, head coach of the other team and Louisville right. said because uh, they got in late or something I forget there was some plane issue and they said uh, we'll give you Richard Patino I'm like Pfft. Right and whatever and then like two years later he's here yeah. you know which was funny but um Take me through that. So the one, it was like you would be the point, and then they put four guys on the baseline, yep. and they ha- you guys had to run that play 15 straight times, right? Or whatever yeah. action, whatever that was. What was that? Take us through that. Yeah, so we, we kind of got you know got down to the end of the game, and Coach was just like, hey, I, I want you you know to create you know for yourself. If you can get to, get to the basket and, and make a layup, great. But really, I want you to get into the paint and, and draw the defenders and kick out, you know, whether you're bounce passing it to Ralph or you're hitting Hall Farber for a three-point shot, because he had a really big game that that uh, day. And so you, we just ran 1-4 flat, and um, you know, I felt like 
I could pretty much get by anybody. Uh, I wasn't too flashy, but I had a pretty quick step. And so, you know, once I got by, if I was able to draw the other defender, I was great at, you know, dishing it off. Really, I preferred to dish it off. Um, and if not, then I would try to finish or get fouled. And so I was able to dish it a couple of times, um, able to finish a couple of times, able to get fouled. And, and and then we were able to knock down our free throws. Yeah, at you the hit end. some big free throws, yeah. if memory serves, in that game, right? Right. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, I forget what they called it, but it was, they were all former Patino assistants. Because I think there was another game before ours, Arizona State. And I think Herb Sendek was a former Patino guy, and he was there. And I forget who the other team was, but yeah. it was a it was an event. Yep. And I think in retrospect, that was like you say you made the tournament later in the year. Um, and I think that win because it was there was really a little bubbleness to that mm-hmm. end of the season. Was that the year? Was that also the year you guys made the Big Ten championship game? Um, no, no, that was a that different. Was, that game. was junior year. That was your junior year. Yep. Gotcha. And that was that was a run. Uh, in Indy because the, the Gophers weren't even on the uh, bubble heading yeah. into Indy, and I think beat Purdue, beat Michigan State, yep, and, they then, ran into Ohio and then State. ran into I mean Ohio State. Those team, man, those Ohio State. How they did they tough. not at some point with Evan Turner and some of those that win it all? They went to a couple Final Fours, and I think for like a five year stretch, were the winningest team in the in the Big Ten. They just had they had tall, got long guys that could yeah. shoot and dunk, and and so yeah, you guys ran into them. So that was the Texas NCAA tournament. Um, and I think the win, that win against Louisville, was probably the the cincher yeah, that that, uh, that, that put you from us. from bubbleish to okay, they're in absolutely. And and as it turned out, you were in fairly solidly. I think it was a nine or ten seed. So yeah. there was yeah. people nervous, but as it turned out, there were several teams under the Gophers. Right. Yep. And, seven uh, ten. Yeah. So that was um, I that's my that's my uh, the the game I remember the most was that Louisville game that was down a great there game. in Phoenix. That was fun. Yes. That was fun. Um, one more quick sponsor mention I want to uh, talk about because next week we have a really fun night planned. We're going to do a live Go Gopher podcast, and we invite you out to one of our sponsors, Head Flyer Brewing. Uh, Head Flyer Brewing, if you haven't been there, first of all, get there because it's just this awesome location, awesome vibe. They have outdoor seating, perfect time right now in the fall to sit outdoors and enjoy a beverage. Uh, Head Flyer Brewing has all the great beers, IPAs, hazy IPAs, regular beers. My favorite beer is the No Funny Stuff beer. It's a little lighter. That's my personal taste, but they have the big flavors as well. And next Thursday night, October the 5th, we have a live Go Gopher podcast. We'll have a happy hour from 6 until 7 o'clock there with drink specials, and they're going to do something really cool. I saw these. uh, They're these brown uh, growlers, and since it's the Michigan game next week, it's a little brown jug nice. of beer, of micro-brew that you can buy. They're going to have a really good deal on those. And for the show and then for the rest of the fall, they are releasing a new rye IPA and it's going to be called Ryuma. Oh, I and love it. It's got it. a little maroon and gold look to it. And so they'll be releasing that next Thursday night for the first time for uh, not just Gopher fans, but anybody who uh, wants to drink a rye uh, IPA, Ryuma. That's all next week. Uh, happy hour at 6, the podcast at 7. Uh, we'd love to see a great crowd show uh, those f- great folks at Head Flyer Brewing the, uh, the power of gold country. Um, they also have these cool Head Flyer Gopher t-shirts. And if you buy those um, and then come back on any Gopher game day, home or road, uh, you get two bucks off beer during the game if you wear that Gopher shirt. So that's that's next week. Uh, It's Head Flyer Brewing. If you can't make it, uh, certainly you can listen back to the podcast. But I also invite you to head out. It's a mile and a half from the stadium. It's also pregame or postgame. If you're heading to the uh, Gopher football games, uh, stop by ahead of time. Stop by afterwards. Stop by both ahead and after. And for road games, it's a great place to go watch the game as well. And we mentioned if you get that Head Flyer Gopher t-shirt, you'll get on game watch days and on game days $2 off beer during the Gopher game. So next Thursday, mark it again. October 5th, Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. We hope to see you there. We'll have a couple of Gopher football players on hand to be on the Go Gopher podcast. And let's hope we're talking about a homecoming win this weekend and then looking ahead to Michigan. And they'll have the Little Brown Jug Growler specials coming up next week. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges. 
which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's episode 89, the Go Gopher podcast. Al Nolan is with us here, and um, we saved uh, here this final little segment to talk about your foundation, the Al Nolan Foundation, yes. um, which uh, you have really had an impact on the community. Tell people about it. Yeah, so, you know, the Al Nolan Foundation, our, our miss, mission is to support at-risk youth with um, social isolation, uh, economic hardships, emotional trauma. Uh, so we do that by facilitating a program called the Academy of Excellence. It's a summer program program four weeks uh four days a week four hours a day and it's basketball centered but we pair with informative class sessions surrounding social emotional learning financial literacy health and wellness uh stem activities and so um part of it is to to you know the basketball pieces to reel the kids in and you know so they're really uh locked in and then then we kind of transition and and fill in like you know 45 minutes here and there with these different you know informative class sessions with led by professionals. And so a uh, part of social emotional learning is trying to teach our kids conflict resolution skills that they can use with their peers. They can use it with their coaches. They can use it with authority, um, parents, policemen in the community. Um, and then also STEM activities, obviously with, uh, you know, helping with technology, catching up tech is huge. And so, you know, just trying to expose our, our scholars to, you know, the tech world and, and give them a little bit of experience while we have, have them there to see kind of what their strengths are and also their interests, you know, cause not all the kids, want to play sports and basketball. Um, so we got to kind of help them to figure out who they are and what they want to do and what their strong points are. And like I said, expose them to various things. I know also, you know, we had um, Stalk and Spade, you know, they were they were great in, in catering to us uh, a couple years ago. And they're a plant-based bar and grill. And so, you know, they came over and uh, gave us all the, the plant-based burgers and fries. And so I didn't tell our kids for three days. I just let them eat it. Like, they don't yeah. know that those nuggets are made of plants or that burger's <laughs> made of plants. And so they were they were eating it up. They were loving it. And so then I told them, and they were like, really? Um, and so that's one way of just helping them kind of understand healthy eating and how the world's kind of trying to transition sure. um, more into the vegan lifestyle to, you know, live longer and, 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 and also to uh, be able to, think better in class, focus more, um, and, and, and be more productive. And so it's, it's a great program. We're looking as well to serve more kids where we're transitioning into an after school program, uh, which I've facilitated many of times during my, my time in, in, the school system, working in education for over a decade. Uh, and so I partner with Minneapolis Park and Rex right now, and they've been great about just being supportive and, and allowing us to have the space and providing resources. And we're just looking to build off that, um, particularly in our community. And, and, and of course, we had the University of Minnesota Gopher basketball team come by the past two years. Um, and the kids are always ecstatic when they come by. And, you know, we just thank Coach Johnson for coming by, Dawson Garcia, Pharrell Payne, Jack, Braden Carrington. Um, last year we had... Um, Tara Samuels and uh, Jameson Battle stopped by. So it's huge. And then also helping the kids in the community who who normally don't get to see gophers uh, to understand, hey, it's possible. You could become a gopher. You know, you don't have to necessarily be an athlete. You can go to school and be a doctor. You can go to school and be whatever you want to be. Uh, so providing them that exposure and then to have the guys come over to our community is huge for them, for them to see them, touch them, talk to them, play with them. It's really huge, you know. And so that's just kind of just focusing on trying to build the community youth and uh, expose them to various things and um, so they could be productive adults. Yeah. And human beings in society. And I know when we talked last time, a while ago, when you were on the podcast, you talked about having uh, people from the community come in and talk to them. Sometimes people that, you know, uh, grew up with means and are highly successful. Sometimes people that were at risk Absolutely. and end up highly successful. Take us through some of the experiences and yeah. people you've been able to to expose these uh, these youngsters to. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have like, um, I had a young man that I used to work with actually in Stillwater uh, during my training days. Um, and he's actually uh, Metcalf's. Uh, son, Rob Metcalf's son, yeah. you know, um, so I, I was working with him and he started his, his clothing brand called Blind Havoc. And so I was like, man, we, we got to have you over to, to, to talk to our kids. You're still, you know, relatively very young and, and talk to them about entrepreneurship uh, and about the process. Cause I remember you as a young, you know, young fella and, and doing the basketball training with you. And then I also watched your journey of you growing, um, you know, growing your entrepreneurship. And so, you know, he was able to come over and, and for the kids, they see somebody like yourself, and to be so young and, and then to be so successful and then also uh, to provide, you know, about his his clothing brand, Blind Havoc, and, and kind of ignoring what's negative. Uh, and, and it's a great message, you know, for them to see. 
it, it's it's awesome. And so that was really, you know, rewarding for them. And then also we had various gentlemen in the community that, you know, went to North High School and they would come by and, you know, they were very highly touted players at the time. And, and you know, just one misstep um, kind of derailed them. And so they would come and talk about, uh, you know, just staying on track, staying focused, um, you know, isolating yourself from the nonsense and finding good friends and good people to be a part of, listening to your mentors and, and you know, kind of being an example and, and also figuring out how to turn it around. So we were able to do that. We also had William Humphreys come by, you know, uh, this past year and, and he, he he served us some of his days, new days, hot chicken they got out of Minnetonka yeah, and yeah. then also some five guys, which was which was awesome. Uh, and the kids were really elated uh, to meet him. We, we were hoping Chris was going to come by, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. I know Dawson was looking for him as well. Um, so we got to get Chris back around to you um, a lot more. But yeah, so we, we just like to, to, to feed the kids with, with various no- different knowledge and, and different people um, from all walks of life. Like you said, successful, going to the U of M, played in the NBA, you know, owning chain restaurants to a, a gentleman who's in the community still doing the work that, you know, had potential to go on and be this great person. However, might have ran into some of the hurdles and, and some of the um, the things that plague our community, some of the potholes. And, and, and so just having that mix is really good for our kids' development. How much of your own experience you've already cited you when you were young, you had to have uh, mentors that took you to practice and brought you home and did so. How much... I'm, I'm guessing all of it, all of that experience is why you've decided to pursue this. Yeah, it, it's exactly why, because I, I know my journey was extremely tough um, and I know it was uh, very unique. And so, you know, going through all the trials and tribulations, you know, helped mold me into the to the man I am today. Uh, however, it was like, man, it was very important for me to have all of these different people in my life, though, when it came to the academic counselors, Coach Smith being on my butt, you know, being hard on me, uh, my parents, um, gentlemen in the community, mentors, uh, some of my friends who, you know, passed away due to gun violence, just all of these different things. Um, you know, all came together to create who I was. And so I understood that a lot of kids are dealing with the same thing. And I just want to kind of express and explain to them how to navigate that and also what to look for. Like, hey, be prepared for this, you know, be prepared for that. And, and when this comes, you're going to want to take a left and not a right. Um, and so just trying to help them navigate. But uh, funny as it funny as it is, a lot of them don't know my story. Uh, I really don't talk about it too much. Hell, that half of them don't even know I play for the Gophers. They just are happy when, the, when the, you know, when Braden and, and Dawson come sure. by and whatnot. And so, um, you know, I've always talked to myself like, man, I need to let them know a little bit more about me. Uh, but I'm so busy, you know, just kind of, you know, feeding them with other things that I say, well, sooner, you know, maybe you guys are ill click for you. But uh, just trying to provide yeah. provide those resources for them. That's really what it is. Funding for this. How do you uh, how does it work? Uh, I'm, I'm, it doesn't just show up out of nowhere. Yeah. So I'm sure you're doing some fundraising and connecting right. with people and maybe even this podcast listeners that say, gosh, that is awesome. I want to help. What's yep. the way they can do that? Um, so, yeah, they can just go to our, our website. It's Al. NolanFoundation.org and Nolan with the E. Um, you know, for all you Gopher fans, I'm sure you guys remember a lot of people spell it with the A. So I spelled it with an A for four years. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Um, so AlNolanFoundation.org and uh, we have a, a donate button on our page, um, you know, where you can make a monetary donation. But also, uh, you know, we've, we've had people provide basketball shoes, uh, help us out with equipment. Um, I'm starting a basketball team. So jerseys, travel, tournament fees. And then also, if anybody just wants to reach out, uh, they can contact us on the page as well to just kind of maybe f- figure out, hey, what do you guys need help with? Yeah. Or, hey, I, I work here. We can provide, we can help you with meals. Because yeah. I know people are good about, about hey, we want to come over and cater to you guys, give you some good fresh meals and whatnot. So, you know, that's really how I can do it. And I plan on doing some fundraisers here moving into the future, uh, which you're definitely going to be invited yeah, yeah. to, obviously, um, just to raise some funds. But right now, uh, I've just been talking to kind of individual donors. I had a lot of good uh, buddies of mine. I know um, John Luer. He, he helped out a lot. I know I've reached out to Blake. His company helped out and supported. Uh, Coach Johnson sends, sends, you know, sends the players over, which is huge. And uh, we had the community kind of just, you know, surround us and take us in. So we're just looking to scale. But uh, you can definitely go to the website, and, um, and that's the way to donate. Yeah, and maybe if people uh, don't have the means to, uh, to donate money but work for a company that might be able to provide resources, right. they can talk exactly. to the important people or say, we, even if it's, hey, we'll bring some people over to talk to the kids a day or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I want to tell you something that really neat. So I was telling you, I started with basketball training with kids in Chanhassen, Stillwater, Matamia. And so, you know, these families are pretty well off. And so I remember saying to myself, I was like, you know, post George Floyd and in the pandemic, I was like, man, I need to get in my community and offer my services, um, you know, for free of charge pretty much and try to help 
build back up, you know, after these tragic events. And so I reached out to a lot of the parents, kids that I trained and they were like, absolutely. We would love to help you. Um, a lot of them had, you know, family charitable funds and they're like, Hey, we'll have our company Medtronic or Cargill match. Um, and so they were really, um, who helped me to start my foundation and build, uh, were these individual donors and these parents of kids that I've had been training for years and years and years who have been part of my camps and clinics. Um, that, that were not at risk. That were not at risk yes. at all. And, and, and that just wanted to step in and help. And so I was like, man, this is amazing. This is the power of sport, you know, because I would never be able to connect with you guys probably any other time, seeing as our backgrounds are pretty different, uh, the different communities we come from, you don't cross paths too often. But, you know, basketball brought us together. And then, you know, we all, sh- you know, shared in a common cause, which is working with the youth. And so those parents have really, you know, been the wind in my sails to to keeping my foundation running and operating. So I, I do appreciate all those parents. It's amazing. It, it is. You're right. Sports is amazing. It can create these great partnerships that you never figured would happen. Exactly. You know? and, and teammates and, and all of that. Well, hey, we'll uh, have you on the podcast again. I can't wait for basketball to start. Uh, uh, November sixth, uh, I th- no November third, I think. Bethune Cookman. Yes, you and I. I'm excited. Let's do it. I, I'm excited. You hear me? I'm at home practicing the mirror, Mike. Let's do it. You got it. The good news is you can practice the mirror. No one gets to see us. All there they can go. do is hear us. So right. you don't even need to shower. There we go. Well, you better shower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Al. Always great to chat with you. Uh, Al Nolan Foundation org. Yes, sir. All right, very good. And we will uh, chat soon. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. There he is, Al Nolan, the new basketball commentator for the Gopher Radio Network. It's Ep- Episode 89, the Go Gopher podcast. That's former Gopher basketball player Al Nolan talking about his memories as a Gopher and his new role as Gopher Radio Network men's basketball analyst. I hope you enjoyed hearing from him. We'll hear from him throughout the winter. Episode 89 is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers affinityplus.org slash go gophers they have a top-ranked mobile app as well cub sponsors the go gopher podcast it's the official grocer of the golden gophers everyone deserves a chance at a full life join cub the university of minnesota and m health fairview masonic children's hospital donate to cub kindness at the register and help kids live happier healthier lives thank you for making a difference and head flyer brewing in northeast minneapolis is proud to support the Go Gopher podcast. Head Flyer Brewing is just a mile and a half from the stadium. Stop in for great tasting beer tonight. And don't forget Head Flyer Brewing is a pregame or postgame spot for Gopher football home games and also an option for game watches on Gopher road games. And a live Gopher podcast. Mark your calendar for next Thursday, October 5th. Happy hour 6 to 7. The show 7 to 8. We'll have a couple of Gopher football players and a great podcast for you to watch live. Beer specials and Head Flyer Brewing Gopher t-shirts on sale as well. We're also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please click that subscribe button right now to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week. Mike Grimm, host of the Go Gopher podcast, inviting you to join me for a live on-site episode on Thursday, October 5th at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. We'll be previewing the Minnesota-Michigan game, which is that week, the battle for the Little Brown Jug. We'll give away a pair of tickets to that game, have a couple of Gopher players on hand, and get everyone in the mood for Golden Gopher football. Head Flyer Brewing will have discounts, including great deals on buying Little Brown Jugs of craft beer. And the little brown jugs are not that little. Thursday, October 5th, Head Flyer Brewing. Happy hour starts at 6. The show goes at 7. The Go Gopher Podcast. Can't wait to see you at Head Flyer Brewing.